0: Good morning, First Baptist Church of Gray Gables. I hope you all had a tremendous week. I hope that you are all preparing for a wonderful week of Thanksgiving activities. I'm praying that the coronavirus has not uh, affected your plans too much. uh, But even so, know that we are thankful for you and we are thankful for uh, God's ministry in you and in this church. And that leads us um, to our sermon this morning, we have been focusing on church polity, understanding uh, church government, understanding the structure of the church. And so we've looked at the office of deacon, we looked at the office of elders, we looked last week at the fact that we are congregationalists, that the last and final court of earthly appeal uh, for matters of dispute and doctrine and discipline and membership in the life of a local church is the church itself itself. And now we are going to close this series, moving on uh, to membership. Just so you know a little bit about what's ahead. Uh, We were initially going to go back to 1 Thessalonians next week, but uh, we decided to make a little bit of a shift. We're going to do a standalone sermon next week and then launch into a three-part Christmas series. Uh, And I'm really, really excited about that, and I pray that you are as well. So let's dive on into it. This morning we're looking at membership Would you join me before we start with a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much for uh, your bride, the church. We thank you that you have purchased her, that you have redeemed her uh, at a great price, the price of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has died on the cross for our sins. Father, we want to be a healthy, holy church, uh, and we desire that you would make us such So, Father, as as church members, I know who are quarantined or staying home, who are listening to this, and those who may be listening to this um, at future time, Lord, I just pray uh, that they would all seek to honor you as members, that we would understand the importance of church membership and belonging to a local church, and that, Father, you'd be honored and glorified in everything said and done here uh, this morning. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Membership. Let's begin uh, by admitting that this whole idea of church membership seems to be counterproductive to many in our culture today. I mean, certainly in our culture, the last thing you ever want to do is draw distinctions. We want to be uh, inclusive. The last thing we would ever want anyone to do is make them feel like they are the outside in any way if we're representatives of loving God and Christ Jesus. I mean, in Acts, don't we read that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved? Is there really anything more to church membership than that very thing? Well, what do you think? Is, is all of this really important? Well, really, I would say all of this is more important than people today even think it is. In fact, I'm convinced that an understanding of church membership is key in our culture to, to revitalizing the church, to furthering the cause of Christ, to evangelizing the nations around the world and bringing glory to God. I think that this church membership is an absolutely central part of God's strategy here on earth. And therefore, I think it's something that Satan often wants to attack. If you just consider the Old Testament as an example, how is God teaching the world about himself through the Old Testament? Well, it would be through the nation of Israel, correct? What did God constantly see happen? What did we see constantly happen to Israel? Satan wanted to subvert Israel's corporate witness, instead to use Israel to mock God among the nations. So I'm not surprised at all with the difficulties we would have in our culture with this understanding of church membership in the church. American evangelicals are in pretty desperate need of addressing and rethinking this, especially in our own churches. So you may have felt throughout this series that we've been picking on at times, Presbyterians or Lutherans or Roman Catholicism even, but let me just go ahead and pick on Southern Baptists for a moment. A study of Southern Baptist churches says that the typical Southern Baptist church has 233 members with 70 present at the Sunday morning worship service. And this was before the pandemic, by the way, let me say. This is before the pandemic, 233 members of a church on average at a Sunday morning church with 70 members in attendance. Well, my question is, where are all the other 163 members? Are they all homesick? Are they in nursing homes and, and colleges or serving the military? Maybe some of them, but 163 of them every Sunday? I don't think so. What does this convey to the world around us about Christianity, about what it means to be a Christian? What do we understand this to mean about the importance of following Christ's Christianity in our lives? What is the spiritual state of those people who say they follow Jesus but don't have any burning desire or particular commitment to meet regularly with God's people, to hear his word preached, to come together to share the Lord's Supper together for months or even longer? Is there non-attendance really any of our business? Is there lack of commitment, engagement to a local church, really anything we can say anything about? Well, to understand this, I think we need to first ask the question, what even is the church? What is the church? Because when we know what the church is, it helps us to understand uh, this reality we're faced with. Uh, This morning, when I said, good morning, church, I welcomed you to our broadcast this morning. I hope you know I'm not welcoming you to the building. Obviously, you know this if you are shut down from the pandemic, that the church is not the building. I was welcoming you and saying, welcome to the gathering of First Baptist Church of Great Gables. See, Gray Gables can can meet at the Pig. We can go meet somewhere in Yulee. We can meet at TIAA Bank Bank Field in Jacksonville if we wanted to. We could go meet a lot of places. But this, this building is a regular meeting house for us. That's actually what the New England Puritans referred to uh, their churches as. Their earliest churches looked like large houses from the outside. And they called it a meeting house because it's where the church met. And so according to the New Testament, let me give you this definition that's found in your notes. According to the New Testament, the church is primarily a regular assembly of people... Who profess and give evidence that they have been saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. That is what the church is. Uh, Primarily it is a regularly assembling of people who profess and give evidence they've been saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to God's glory alone. So that is what a New Testament church is. It's not a building Although we thank God for this building and we think it's very useful as a tool for us as a church, but the early Christians didn't have buildings for over 300 years. Well, then that's what a church is. Another question we should therefore ask is if we're saying that, that church membership uh, doesn't save, uh, then uh, that, that you're saved by faith alone and grace alone and Christ alone, the glory of God alone, then why join a church? right? If the church is not the building, it's assembly of people who are saved, uh, not of something in themselves, but of something of the work of Christ, then why in the world would we build or would we join a church? Why would we desire to join a church? And, and frankly, friends, that's what many evangelicals in America today wonder and ask. I don't understand. I'm saved. What's the problem? So why don't I just stop there? See, I've noticed this about Americans as a people. We can tend to be very impatient with any discussions that are not essential. Like we're, we're happy uh, to think that things are in two boxes. They are essential or unimportant. But the truth of the matter is there's a whole great category of things that are not essential but are very important. And those things we have to be patient and willing to take time to think of. Well, one of those topics is joining a church. It is a crucial crucial topic I think for understanding what Christ for what Christ is calling you to be as a disciple church membership is crucial Listen, we know this. Joining a church isn't going to save you any more than your own good works, than your education, than your culture, than your friendships, than your contributions, or even your baptism. None of those things are going to save you. And so if you're listening to this this morning and you are not a Christian, I am not telling you to join a church. I'm telling you the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate, died on the cross, particularly to pay for the penalty of sin of all those who would repent of their sin and believe in him if that's you if you would repent of your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then he died for you. You can be forgiven of your sins and have eternal life. I would love to talk to you more about that. You can reach out to me in any way you want through our text messages, through our Facebook page, through an email or anything. Please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ or talk to someone around you who you know is engaged with this church. I assume most people that are members here are Christians. You're very welcome to listen here but i am not telling you this morning to join a church now everybody else especially all of those who are professing christians to you i'm telling you to join a church if you are listening to this as a christian i am encouraging you imploring you to join the church that you regularly attend how do you mean to live the christian life Let me just ask you, do you think that you have all the resources you need in yourself? Do you not recognize that in the New Testament, God has set it up for you to be part of a local, larger assembly that is committed to you in love and prayer that at times is is placed in your life to even rebuke you or encourage you? So, if we're asking the question, why join a church? Well, there are so many reasons I could list for why you should join a church, but I'm going to give you just five. I want want to give you five reasons this morning, right now, of why you need a church. You need to belong and join a church, and here they are. Number one, the number one reason that you need to join a church is to have assurance for yourself. We join churches to have assurance for ourselves to have assurance of our salvation for ourselves. You should not join the church in order to be saved, but you want to join the church to help to make sure that you are saved. Remember the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. We walked through this Gospel. Boy, it was was a year ago now we've walked through this Gospel, just about. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. In John 15 10 the Lord Jesus says if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. In John 15 14 Jesus says you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And then in John 13 verse 17 Jesus says if you know these things blessed are you if you do them. You see, in joining a church, we're putting ourselves in a position where we're asking our brothers and sisters to hold us accountable with the way we live our lives, that they match what we speak with our words. And that's a good thing. There's nobody listening to this that is so holy that you don't need that in your life. If you think that you don't need, brothers and sisters, to constantly walk with you and make sure your lives are matching up to what you proclaim about yourself as a Christian, if you think you don't need that, then friends, you're prideful and naive. And So membership in a local church is not saving, it's a reflection, though, of our salvation. If there's no reflection, uh, then how are we to know about the salvation we're claiming? See, I'm sure that guy in 1 Corinthians 5 that we talked about last week, you remember the guy who was committing adultery, who was sleeping with his father's wife, who was thrown out of that church in love, I am sure that he at least first probably went around telling everyone after that event, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, even if they don't think that I am, I'm a Christian. He was completely deceived though. In fact, that was the point of the action to show him his own deception. We can't stop the words that you are speaking from your mouth, but we can show you as a corporate body that we disagree in love, that you are not living like a Christian. Now, we all sin. I'm not talking about people who sin here, but the question is, do we repeatedly, knowingly sin? Do we know that God calls us this way, but what we really want to do is that way? And so we say, hmm, God calls you this way, but yeah, I'm going to choose that way. Do we do that constantly and consistently? Does that begin to typify our lives? If it does, then friends, uh, you need to understand the gospel and you need to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got great news for you. There is such a thing as salvation in Christ where God's Holy Spirit actually breaks the power of sin in our lives. Not perfectly. We continue to struggle with sin, but your hearts have been changed. You actually begin to love God. You actually begin to love his people and love the way he calls you to live. The the church is there to help us understand those truths about ourselves and becoming a member of the church what we're doing when we become a member of church is we are grasping hands to know and be known by one another to help and encourage when we may need to be reminded about God's work in our lives when we're feeling discouraged to be challenged about the discrepancies between our walk and our talk you say you mean to do this but let me tell you what I see and let me just tell you church family if you are offended by that a lot If you're offended by people coming into your lives and and telling you discrepancies between your walk and talk, I don't see how you can understand yourself to be a Christian. Because think about this. Has, Has God not fully condemned you and done so justly? You haven't gotten off light because you are in hell right now. How can you then claim to be humble, to be repentant of your sin, standing before God Almighty and be offended when the brother and sister confronts you on something? Even if they're wrong, even if they're wrong, they're doing it out of love. A love for God and love for you and a strive for holiness. That's what it means to be a member of this church. So let me just tell you, church family, give up trying to live the Christian life by yourself. It's not meant to be that way. Covenant together with others to follow Christ, not so you can just get into a social club or society where you're constantly and mutually rebuked, by the way. That's not the normal everyday experience of the church. If there's something constant and normal, it should be our encouragement. But part of what we need is also the willingness to step in and risk being wrong because we love them so much that we want to say something about their lives very honestly, And so first, assurance for ourselves is a great reason why you should join a church. But second reason is to evangelize the world. Evangelizing the world. The second reason you should join a local church is for the sake of the evangelization of the world. Because together we can spread the gospel better at home and abroad. We can do this by our words where we share the good news of the gospel and and help and train others to do it. A local church is in one sense its own mission organization. Here we are as a missionary detachment in Callahan. That is what we are. And we back this up with our actions as we show God's love by meeting the physical needs of those who are the orphans or the widows or the sick, the children, the disadvantaged with ministries like the cup ministry we provide here. Friends, even as imperfect as we are, God's Spirit genuinely works in us. And if he does, he will use our lives and our words to help us demonstrate to others the truth of his gospel. And I have to tell you, this this special reason right here, the idea of evangelizing the world, this is just for the church now. We won't have this privilege in heaven. In heaven... It's going to be great there. Heaven is going to be fantastic, but you can't do any evangelism in heaven. You can't surprise anybody with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in heaven because they'll all know it's the only way that they're going to be there. So this time, this life is your unique and great opportunity to be able to pronounce the good news of the, Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. To begin to announce to a sinner who has begun to know their own sins that God can forgive them and God loves them truly in Jesus Christ. Join a church that will help you and encourage you to do that very thing. Another reason why you should join a church, number three, would be to expose false gospels. And exposing false gospels is the role of the church. God intends for us to be together in kind of like a union We are to say together, this is the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how you come to know him. This is how you live as one of his children. And as we come together, we show that real Christianity is not what so many people falsely think that it is. We gather together as Christians to show that. So we must realize that part of our task in evangelizing may very well be Uh, Be not just to present positively the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to dismantle the bad, confusing, distorted witnesses that have raised themselves up as Christian churches in our community. But in reality, those churches don't proclaim the gospel. In reality, what they do is they confuse the gospel more than they confirm it. Join a church to take out the fog in the air when it comes to the gospel, to clarify what the gospel is fourth reason you should join a local church is to edify the church it's the edification of the church the fourth reason you should join a church is the edification or the building up of that local church joining a church will help us to realize the corporate nature of christianity When you study the New Testament, you can't help but to notice that there are Christian lives of following Jesus Christ are supposed to involve the care and the concern of others. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. John says in 1 John, If you say you love your God, whom you have not seen, but you do not love your brother, whom you have seen, you lie. I don't care how much you've given the church, how many times you've prayed the sinner's prayer, how regularly you attend our church, how long you've been a member of church, how much you like the preacher. If you say that you love God whom you have not seen and you do not love your brother whom you have seen, you are a liar. I would tell you that reference where that's found in 1 John, but it's just so good. Just read the whole thing. Take 15 to 20 minutes out of your week and read 1 John because this is John's point throughout that whole small letter. That you are supposed to live corporately within the church. You are supposed to love your brothers and sisters in Christ in this way. You ever think that God's final evaluation of you isn't simply how long your quiet time is individually? It's not how many people you've witnessed to individually, how many scriptures you've memorized individually. Listen, all those things are great. And let me encourage you to do them. But a fundamental part of what it means to love the Lord Jesus Christ is you loving people who you don't have hardly anything in common with, but simply that you both love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Maybe that is a basic part of what it means to be a Christian, and God would teach you what that means in the local church. So link arms with other Christians around you to be able to build the church in this way. Well, the final reason, not the last reason, but the final reason for this particular sermon that I believe you should join a church is for the glory of God. It's to the glory of God. Uh, friends, if you are a Christian, you should join the church for the glory of God. If you remember what Peter wrote to some early Christians in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, he says this, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. That's amazing, isn't it? glorify God in the day of visitation because of the good works of Christians. I think you could tell that Peter had heard exactly what the Lord Jesus was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount when he taught, let your light shine, uh, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The surprising assumption here is that God will actually get glory on that final day because of how you and I have lived our lives. That is extraordinary. Our little humble lives, whether we're a teenager, whether we're just starting adulthood, if we're at the apex of adulthood or we're at the retiring age, uh, our lives before God himself can actually bring him glory and honor. That's what it says there. And if that is true of our lives individually, then certainly it must be true of our lives together and corporately. Remember Jesus' famous words in John 13, 34 through 35. Stop me if you've heard this before. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, uh, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Our lives together together, are to bring God glory. It's supposed to bring him glory. So that is why we should join a church. Those are five basic reasons. I don't think I need any more reasons than, than the last one right there. It's what we're purposed for in this life, to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, that is, those are reasons I believe we should join a local church. Okay, now let's go more particular. What does that look like, and how does it express itself? How does membership express itself here at First Baptist Church of Grey Gables. What does it mean to be a member here at First Baptist Church of Great Gables, maybe you've been a member longer than than I've even been here, or maybe you've been a member longer I've been alive. Maybe you are a new member, maybe you're already a member, maybe you're you're not not a member of this church but just listening in. But I want to express to you things that I think are eight principal things of what it means to be a member here at Great Gables, and what it means to be a uh, should mean to be a church member at a particular local Baptist church. So eight things briefly. I know eight's a big number. Look at the end. We're all. we're We're not that far from being done. Uh, Eight things briefly of what membership should mean to this church. First, membership means that you should be baptized. Uh, That you should be baptized. It means you should be baptized in confession of your sins and as a profession that you have repented of your sins and you're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Scripture records in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' clear command for those who would become disciples. Throughout the book of Acts, we see the early Christians obeying this command. Paul's assumption, by the way, when he's writing the New Testament, is that if you have been baptized, you are a believer after you've professed the lord jesus christ not before i had a whole point here on infant baptism but we're going to save that for another time the point is what it means to be a christian here at first baptist church of greg Abel's. you'd partake in believer's baptism that is after you've become a believer you have been baptized and why is that important friends let me just say there is nothing that the lord is going to call you that is easier to do than to be baptized Uh, Let me just tell you, from someone who has been a a Christian a long time, the easiest command for me to obey was to be baptized. All you have to do is just lay down a second, hold your breath for just a second. It's not that hard. Be baptized. That is a, a way we express our membership here at First Baptist Church of Gray Gables. The second thing is to partake in the Lord's Supper. And I know I'm I'm talking in the midst of a pandemic and we're worried about this, but friends, we are still aiming and and trying to to think about ways to do this. Why? Because partaking the Lord's Supper is a a essential part of what it means to be a body of believers. Being a member of church means being present and partaking in the Lord's Supper together. It means essentially that you're continuing as a Christian The Lord's Supper is sort of the family photograph every month or so, every six weeks that we usually do here. These are the people that are continuing on as a Christian. The Lord said to do this in remembrance of me. We know from 1 Corinthians that it was being done in the early church. And so if you are a member of this church, you are trying to make it a point to be able to celebrate the Lord's Supper when you gather with believers. Be here every Sunday, but especially on those days where we celebrate the Lord's Supper. The third thing is attendance. And I want you to bear with me, particularly those who are stay-at-home shut in right now. Uh, being a member of a church should mean regularly being present at our public meetings for those who can. Attendance is our basic ministry to each other. The, the, the verse that's often quoted here is Hebrews 10:25 that says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And I hope you just perceive the significance of this, even if you're shut in right now. Uh, the New Testament, it uses the image of the church as a building. Well, if that's true, then, then we are to be the bricks of the building. If the church is a body, we are to be its members. If the church is a household of faith, it presumes we are part of that household that we are sheep are in the flock branches on a vine biblically if one is a christian he must be a member of a church the membership is not simply the record of a statement we once made or an affection we have toward a familiar place it has to be the reflection of a living commitment a regular attendance or it's 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 worthless worse than worthless it's dangerous And the reason I'm saying this is because you see uninvolved members, what they do is they both confuse real members and non-Christians about what it means to be a Christian. We active members, so-called, don't do the voluntary, inactive members of our church any service when we allow them to remain members of the church. Because let me tell you this, membership is the corporate church's endorsement of that person's salvation. Did you know that? Uh, membership is the church's corporate endorsement of the individual member's salvation. How can we as a congregation honestly testify to someone's, uh, someone who is invisible that they're faithfully running the race? It's not that we don't want to be loving. It's not that we don't want to be caring. It's just that we're not able to do that. And a lot of times, hear me, there are very legitimate reasons, like those of you right now who are quarantining. But even then, can I encourage you, church, to stay involved? Even if you haven't been able to be at our church since March because you've been quarantining because this pandemic we find ourselves in and you are caring for your own health and safety, that that is fine, but stay involved. Christian, if you've been exposed and need to quarantine or sick and have to quarantine or you're taking precautions and staying home for a while, I want you to know that your pastors, we really do understand and support you. We really do. However, my charge to you is to please make every effort you can to stay connected to your faith family. Uh, Watch the services. Continue to faithfully give. Pray for your faith family. Reach out to them. Call them. Message them. Let's stay connected and focused. And most importantly, spend lots of time with God and His Word. Let's, Let's focus on reaching people, expanding the kingdom, and loving one another. Brothers and sisters, whatever you do, do not allow COVID-19 to cause you to lose a heart connectedness to your church family. Uh, Churches, we, we will get through this, and we will be stronger because of it. I am convinced in the midst of that. But do not allow this time to lose that heart connectedness with your family. And I've heard uh, personally from so many of you who are struggling with this very thing. And and I know it's going to take both of us putting in the extra, extra work to stay connected during this time. But let's be honest. A lot of times, we don't really have very legitimate reasons for coming to church. Even before this, if this is 2019, We struggle with inactive members in this way. We don't have very legitimate reasons for not coming to church, and we don't want people to know. If someone is able to attend a church but refuses to, our intent is that they should be as possible as soon as possible taken off of membership here. I just want to hear. I want you to hear the seriousness of this. If you are a church member and you have the ability to attend, but you just don't want to. You just desire, I'm not talking about you staying at home in the pandemic, I'm talking about even 2019, you are a member of this church, but you have no desire to ever grace us with your presence. Let me just be honest with you. Our intent is that you would be taken off the role as soon as possible here. You'd be disciplined, and if you have no desire to meet with God's family, to be taken out of membership. Why? So that you would be encouraged to join where you can or do desire to regularly attend. Because we understand that it is is good for everybody who proclaims to be a Christian to attend church spiritually. And so we take membership and attendance of membership that serious. And it's in that way where our hearts really go out to those of you who are longing and desiring so desperately to be back here. And believe me, we are on our knees daily praying for that day to come about and come about very soon. Fourth thing. Another clear aspect of membership that we need, what it means to be a member at First Baptist Church of Greg Gables is we need discipline, that you're open to discipline. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on these next two because I, we've talked about these quite a lot. You need somebody in your life to look into your life and call you out in your sin. We see this all throughout scripture. We saw it in Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians 5, Galatians 6. We looked at it a little bit last week particularly. It is an indisputable part of the church's function in our lives. So we need to be open to discipline. Fifthly, we are to display love to one another. Again, we talked about this earlier in this message. Love must be seen in many members and the way members of the church uh, relate to one another and, and spend time together. Again, with all this point, I'll just say read again the epistle of First John. 15 to 20 minutes. Read it. It's important. So, fifth, we are to display love to one another. Six, and these will probably be quick and sound pretty familiar. Uh, The sixth clear aspect of membership here at First Baptist Church of Greg Abels is that you participate in worship. Now, I know I just said attendance, but hear me out. When we talk about worship, we've talked about it several times. We talk about worship up in and out. We praise and honor God through Jesus Christ. We gather together with our church family to worship God, and we extend to extend God's worship uh, among all the peoples for his. His glory. So listen to me, it's not even just enough to attend a worship service, a worship service, and not be engaged with our hearts. But we actually must worship in our worship service, engaging with the word, singing the word, praying the word, reading the word, hearing the word, preach, proclaiming the word. We must worship. So six is that we are, at First Baptist Church of Gray Gables, our members participate in worship. What it means to be a member of this church. The seventh clear aspect of membership here at First Baptist Church of Gray Gables is we seek to grow whether it be in Sunday school or Wednesday night fellowships. Again, we do this up, in, and out. We seek to be made more like Christ according to his gospel. We encourage and equip our church family toward gospel growth, and we display and proclaim and reproduce the gospel among all the nations of the world for his glory. We are called in this church to make disciples, To engage in relationships, to grow in the Lord. And we have those avenues for that here at Great Gables. That's what it means to be a member here. Finally, the final thing what it means to be a member at First Baptist Church of Great Gables is we willingly serve. We willingly serve, again, up, in, and out. We do all things for the glory of God according to the gospel. We serve our church family primarily towards their worship and growth. And we serve God among all peoples for his glory. So so let me... Let me say this very clearly. Every church member who is physically able must be encouraged, equipped, and expected to serve. Primarily, this is a way we love one another. We serve primarily so that everyone in our church can worship and grow. And friends, given our propensity to deceive ourselves, to overestimate our own goodness, thank God he has given us these checks and balances on our own pride and blindness. So Christian friends don't merely attend a church. Link arms with other Christians. Find a church you can join and do it. So that non-Christians will hear and see the gospel, so that we Christians will be cared for. And friends, if if you leave this place, when you leave this place, join another church soon and quickly. Link arms with strong Christians who will channel their energies in a good way so that church leaders can be encouraged and helped, and so ultimately, God will be glorified. So to conclude, why does God care for his church so much? Why does God see membership so important? Because he wants to glorify himself through it. This is what God is doing in the church. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul says that God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things of this world, so that no one may boast before him. Do you want to know why God uses people like you and I to display his glory? Because he wants to make it clear to us that it's his work. It's not due to our own greatness. He doesn't want to obscure himself in this way. Mark Ross said this. He said, we are one of God's chief pieces of evidence. Paul's great concern in Ephesians chapter four, one through sixteen, for the church is that the church manifests and display the glory of God, thus vindicating God's character against all the slander of demonic realms, the slander that God is not worth living for. God has entrusted to his church the glory of his own name. The circumstances of your life are the God-given occasion of your displaying and manifesting the attributes of God. You see, friends, if we're not careful, the individualism that plagues our society, the culture that we're born in that says it's all about us, our own individualism is going to be used to help us harbor A sub-Christian holiness that tolerates sin. A sub-Christian unity, which just glosses over disunity about the gospel and gets us united about other lesser things. Even our flesh can know a sub-Christian love, which is just simply more sentiment or a likeness of taste. But friends, none of these things should characterize our church because primarily all of those things lie about God. They misrepresent God's character. So true holiness is going to involve, at times, rebuke and discipline. True unity will only be around Christ. And true love will go deeper than sentiment beyond natural bounds. It will go out for the sake of the stranger, for Christ's sake. This is how God's glory is to be displayed among his church. And this is the only way that our church will truly prosper and so how do we display God's glory together in this way? We do it by living together for him with a life of holiness, with a life of unity, and with a life of love. This is what it means for us to, as a church to be devoted to Christ, to be a display of God's glory. This is what we are to be devoted to. And so my question is, are you? Are you to vote devoted to what it means to be a member here at First Baptist Church of Great Gables. And I know it's incredibly difficult in this time to to check on that, but wouldn't it be just like the enemy to use this time of separation to cause you to view that membership is simply just turning on the screen and and involving yourself in a service? I, I pray that you wouldn't feel guilty for caring for your own safety during this time if you actually think that's what's best for you, but don't allow the enemy to have a foothold To make you think that this is all that there is to being a member. And so my encouragement to you, particularly those who are pandemic right now. Is to involve and think about these things in such a way where it is your heart's desire to return. And I'm not saying you need to return before you're ready. You have to return in any way, shape or form. I know these are are uncharted territories here. I get that. But don't fall for the trick that this is how it's supposed to be church membership is much more than this it's about being involved and connected to a local church and i'll just tell you this as we close um one of the reasons i wanted to do this entire study of church polity in the month of november is because we're coming up on thanksgiving and as i begin to list in my heart the things that i'm thankful for it is christ salvation it is my family immediate and and not immediate and it is god's church this church Gray Gables, you've been such an important part of my life in growing me and raising me um, to know Christ, to serve Christ. And as I think about what I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving, just know that every one of your faces pops up in my mind. And because of that, I want to bring honor and glory to God because I know he's given me such a gift here. And so when I think about the office of deacons, I praise God for many deacons we have here who love us and serve us so well. When I think about the office of elders, I'm thankful for Pastor Justin and how he's ministered to me. And not only that, but, but many of the pastors who have been here have been such an encouragement to me in the past. When I think about us as Congregationalists, I'm thankful for a church that takes hold of their responsibilities to be involved in matters of the, of the church. And when I think about this membership, I'm thankful that I really believe this is the heart of what we all strive and long for, to be members in such a way. I'm thankful that we take membership seriously here. Let us not grow content in all of that. Let us continue to pursue holiness in each one of those areas all the more. But church, as you think about what you're thankful for this Thanksgiving, I pray that this church is on the top, near the top of the list. We begin to think and we begin to praise God that we begin to, to picture and display his glory among the nations. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you... Um, for the beauty that is church membership. And Lord, you know how our hearts uh, long to be together. Lord, it's such a difficult sermon to preach in the midst of these circumstances with what so many are going through. Father, I just pray that you'd minister to those uh, specifically um, who are concerned about their safety and who are homebound at this time. Uh, Father, minister to them in such a way that they'd be Uh, Lord ignited and encouraged that we would do even a better job of reaching out to them and uh, and they would be committed to the work of remaining involved in their church family so the enemy would not have a foothold to cause them to believe that they are not valued or loved or seen because it's not the truth father Uh, they are loved and they are uh, cared for by you and your church but father we do desire that we would grow in holiness in this particular matter that you would Uh, cause our hearts to strive towards Christ-likeness, that we would be more aligned with your scriptures and what we see about church structures and church polity, that we would begin to take this very, very seriously. Father, so that we might display your glory, so that the gospel might be proclaimed and preached, so that others, when they look at our church, know there's something different that's going on there. They might see the love of Christ that you have for them. Lord, help us, encourage us, as we seek to obey you in these ways, we pray in Jesus' name amen church family thank you so much for tuning in uh, we love you we care for you please reach out and, and if there's anything we can help you with or pray for you and, uh, about we'd love to do that um, but uh, we miss you and for those who are particularly those who are pandemic uh, i hope this was an encouragement for you and i hope you know how much we love and care about you here at first baptist church of greg Gables. thank you guys god bless you have a wonderful wonderful sunday